Welcome to Grace Notes, brought to you by Sandbeck Ministries. We've been studying the model prayer Jesus taught his disciples to pray, found in Matthew 6. The phrases we've looked at so far acknowledged God as the all-powerful Lord of the universe, the one who is intimately approachable through Jesus and the Holy Spirit for those who call on his name. His name, Jesus, encompasses everything he is and is to be honored above all names. His kingdom, while not yet physically established on earth, will indeed come as he promised and is even now spiritually in our hearts. It's only natural, therefore, in the progression of prayer that we be concerned about what God is concerned about, his will being done on earth. This is our topic of discussion today. Jesus said we're to pray for the Father's will to be done on earth and then to find how it can be accomplished in the rest of the phrase, as it is in heaven. How is his will carried out in heaven? One word sums it up perfectly. Disobedience is not allowed in heaven's holy environment. Recall with me the story of Lucifer found in Ezekiel 28. He was the exalted angel, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. God anointed him as a guardian cherub. Verses 15 through 17 say he was blameless in all his ways from the day he was created till wickedness was found in him. His heart became proud on account of his beauty. Isaiah 14, 13 through 14 says he wanted to be God. As a result, God cast him and his followers out of heaven. In the same way, our predecessors Adam and Eve lived in a perfect, sinless environment on earth, much like heaven. They enjoyed sweet fellowship with God until Lucifer enticed them with the idea of being their own God. They fell for it and were cast out of their perfect environment. Once again, God's will was compromised and the offenders were removed from his presence. So, when we pray for God's will to be done on earth, what are we really asking for? Perfection here? Well, that's impossible. Our sinful human nature is bent on doing things our own way. I like the way the RBC Ministries booklet on Jesus' blueprint for prayer describes it. It says, In heaven, all the hosts of glory respond to his will. In the universe, all the galaxies and all their stars and planets move according to his design. It seems that only here on this third-rate planet, this dirty little tennis ball that we call Earth, is there a pocket of rebellion. (laughs) Well, we won't receive our glorified sinless bodies until Christ sets up his kingdom on Earth. But by saying, Thy will be done on Earth as it is in Heaven, we're letting God know we desire for his future kingdom to be established so that his perfect will can be exercised here and that we want to do whatever we can now to help bring it to pass. Since God's will is done in heaven by the angels, we need to look at what they do in order to parallel their works here. According to Revelation 5.11 and 7.11, angels encircle the throne of God and fall down on their faces in worship of Him. God's throne and kingdom are in our hearts once we've received Jesus as our Savior. John 4.24 says that God is spirit, and His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Imitation is the highest form of worship. If we resolve to live a holy, righteous life as Christ did, we are essentially worshiping Him. And when we do this, we exalt His name and cause others to bow their hearts and knees and confess Him as Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And evening fades 
touch your heart and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nations sing it loud. Psalm 103, 20 through 21 states that the angels execute the Lord's commands. They're called ministers or servants that do his pleasure or will. According to Psalm 91, 11, God orders his angels to protect his children wherever we go. They hold us up so we won't even hurt our foot on a stone. Hebrews 1, 14 describes it this way. Angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. So how are we to emulate them? Verses 7 through 13 say that God has prepared his people for works of service through the grace Christ has apportioned to us. He equips believers to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
God also gives other spiritual gifts like those mentioned in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, encouraging, contributing to the needs of others, discernment, faith, and showing mercy, to name a few. Verse 7 in 1 Corinthians 12 says that to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Galatians 6 2 says we're to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, which, according to Galatians 5.15, is to love your neighbor as yourself. This is how we hold each other up, like the angels do for us. The best example of how God's will should be carried out for the benefit of the family of God is to look at the life of Jesus. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus said he came here to do his Father's will. In fulfilling it, as described in Philippians chapter 2, Christ made himself nothing, took on the very nature of a servant, humbled himself, and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. No, we're not, Jesus, but verses 3 through 5 of that chapter say our attitude should be the same as his, willing to do whatever God directs us to do to help those who are perishing see the light. You see, when Jesus was on the cross, we were on his mind. And just as he considered others before himself, we too should look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others, and in humility think of them as better than ourselves. We can do this by allowing our self-centeredness to be crucified with Christ so He can do His work through us. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man. Before the world began Above all kingdoms Above all thrones Above all wonders The world has ever known Above all wealth And treasures of the earth There's no way to measure what you're worth 
You've been listening to Grace Notes. If this ministry has blessed you, please write and tell us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047. Or contact us through our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise.